Welcome to Support Up Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Welcome to another episode of Support Ops Simplified. I'm your host, Sid Bambani. And with me today, I have Theo Panaritis um, from Workable. Um, welcome, Theo. Thank you so much for having me, Sid. Glad to be here. We're super excited to have you on. Um, so Theo has a number of years of customer experience um, positions under his belt, um, both in terms of um, a Telefonica company, uh, where he was a technical support rep, and uh, more recently with Workable, uh, where he's on the customer education side. Um, so hopefully I, I got that right, Theo, but maybe if you can give us a little more um, insight into into your experience, that would be great. Yes, perfect. Well, you got everything right. I have uh, quite a few years of experience in various support and operations roles. And recently, actually last week, I was um, happy to accept the position as the customer educational uh, specialist in Workable. Uh, it has been uh, a great, thank you so much. <laughs> it has been a great uh, few years uh, working with different companies, mostly in the troubleshooting and uh, customer support and customer to customer end, but recently in Workable, uh, in the uh, business to customer, our and so I'm very glad to have um, seen both sides of the coin, if I might say so. No, that's that's fantastic. So tell us tell us a little bit about how you got started into support. Um, I was I was going through your profile, and it seems like you you started off in the social media space. If I got that right, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, that is uh, quite almost the case. So by degree, I'm a journalist. I have a bachelor's and a master's in journalism. So that's quite far away from support. However, <laughs> um, though, yeah, that's, that's the, you know, the best case scenario for somebody who is actually looking for a job that can still take uh, values from journalism and engaging with people, but on a different level. So uh, I found myself in London when I graduated from my master's degree. And uh, my first position was uh, in Total Jobs, which was um, in marketing at the time. Although quite a little bit after that, I started working in uh, telecommunications and that would be in teleperformance for uh, troubleshooting with uh, two different projects. Um, one would be for a very popular device manufacturer that has changed the way we see phones, if mm -hmm. that can be a hint for yeah. the project I was, then that would be um, quite the same for uh, a different manufacturer, which is mostly working with Windows, if that's another <laughs> hint as yeah. well. So that was the main um, foundation of my support years, because that is where I kind of familiarize myself with the way you support people over the phone and you help them uh, resolve any situations that they find themselves in. And then I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, work in the support department of Workable, which is an entire different way of thinking about uh, support, engaging with customers, and basically helping clients hire the best people for their jobs. So from troubleshooting 
software and hardware. We just moved into troubleshooting applicant tracking systems and uh, SaaS software. So that was a leap that helped me put everything that I had already gathered from the previous roles into a new perspective and a new outlook and support. That's that's a great story. And then there's a couple of points over there that you made that I think are that are very interesting. The first one is, you know, you started off supporting technology and now you support technology, but you support it in the context of helping find the right people. And it goes to show, right, how you can have a function like customer support be very similar across different verticals um, at the core, even though the product or the service you're supporting could be quite radically different. Mm -hmm, Exactly, because at the end of the day, what do you want to do? You want to be able to listen to somebody's problem, see why the problem is there and how you can actually turn it around and resolve it. And no matter whether you're just looking at a phone or at a computer or at any kind of software that you use dedicated for even an entirely different uh, function, at the end of the day, you have a problem, you have a reason, and you need a solution. And um, trust me, the empathy and the way that you would actually engage with the customer does not change much because everybody is looking for the same thing, a solution. So as long as you are able to communicate and to tailor the way that your communication is presented, uh, that would be uh, actually the success of any support member because it's, it's quite different to just speak to somebody who is, um, you know, just trying to play a game on their computer and just, you know, gets any, any amount of issues, you may say. And it's slightly different to get to speak to somebody who is approaching a deadline and wants to right. make sure that his software or her software or their software is working as expected. So yeah. once that is put down into a solid foundation, then the product can change and the support will remain the same at the most part and only change the technical part. Yeah, no, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head over there. And I mean, you know, it, it, it's quite the insight, right? Because people ask us, how does our product analyze support between different verticals? And, and our answer is almost the same every single time is, if you take the product out of the equation, it's people helping people. And, you know, then you're basically looking at the conversation and the empathy and all of those soft skills and trying to figure out whether the customer had a good experience or not, rather than the technical semantics of what was given and, and how that helped change the, the equation. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a very good observation. One one other thing you mentioned that I found really interesting <clears throat> is, um, you know, you, from from the marketing side of things, as you came, you said, there were still a lot of overlaps between when you were in the marketing field and, and now that you're in the customer support field. How, how do you draw some of those comparisons or what's, what's the overlap there? That is a great question, Sid, because at the end of the day, support is part of the experience. And when somebody is actually buying something, they don't only buy the product itself, the software or the hardware. They don't only buy what, buy what was promised to them by marketing or by sales or by what you know their perception for the product is they do buy the experience as well and the experience that they get when they have a problem or an issue and in this case marketing is a part of support because you're trying to continue to provide the same experience or the same sense of um, support or of the product or of the experience as well so 
marketing and sales and support are part of the same experience that the client is getting from you. So attributes that marketing can find useful, like engaging copy, for example, in any of their articles or on their um, you know, promotional material and so on, engaging copy should be part of support as well. For example, when you write an email to a client, trying to explain steps or trying to make them follow instructions that somebody else might not want to follow because they have more steps than expected. So the way you present things is definitely something that um, is quite similar in marketing, in sales, and in support as well. So these yeah. fields, people think that um, might be really different, but they're not. They are part of the same thing, if I may say so. Yeah, and I, I can see that. I, I, I definitely see it now that you put that in, in that context. Because, you know, if you look at um, popular brands, it's not just the product that has that branding. It's the way they interact with you. It's the way a support rep would interact with you or how you would go about even getting support. Um, that's part of that premium package or the, the premium experience you get out of buying a product or a service. So I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And I, I never thought about it being a marketing aspect, um, but it, it certainly makes sense. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, in marketing, it's, I would say, relatively straightforward in terms of being able to say, you know, we're going to have a brand and we're going to put um, some collateral out there that tells the story of our brand. And your success is driven by the number of people who recognize the brand and, and how much of a household name it becomes. It, it, you know, I'm overgeneralizing here, but, but um, generally uh, that's kind of the, the yardstick, right? Um, mm-hmm. how do you, what, what's the equivalent yardstick for a customer experience? How would you go about measuring it if you were still drawing the parallels between the two worlds? Right, I see what you mean. So in this case, if we're looking about evaluating the support that somebody is getting and evaluate the way that they interact with us after the sale has been made, and usually that is where support comes, Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's about the customer satisfaction. That is the first and foremost thing any business that can measure their customer's feedback in any point. So customer satisfaction would be the first. Uh, reply time in terms of uh, support SLA would be the second. So nobody wants to wait two days to get an answer. And in Workable, we do have one of the fastest reply times that you can have. Uh, Normally, our support team gets back to anybody within two or three hours and sometimes even less. So that is uh, quite important as well. And of course, resolution, first time resolution. This is very important in terms of being able to inspire somebody to contact support again. Because imagine if um, you would contact support, you had an amazing experience, the support agent would be brilliant, the steps would be clear, Mm -hmm. but it would take so long to resolve something. So even though on the surface the experience would be great, then you would be quite hesitant to say, okay, I have to call them back again, or they're going to take me through a whole lot of, steps again, I will get to the end, I will fix it, but it will take me ages. So it's not only one of these aspects that you need to pay attention and measure success from, but it's also a combination of all of them. And even if you have to make adjustments, like stretch out your reply time a little bit further, but to ensure that you have the right steps and the right approach and the right expected um, resolution time or expectations set Mm -hmm. to the client as well, 
then all of these um, aspects combined will give you the uh, metrics and the satisfaction that eventually you need. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, your, your answer encompassed a whole bunch of different uh, KPIs in there, which, I mean, I think they form the backbone of the industry. But, um, you know, if, if you look at it, like how how accurately can you measure customer experience or satisfaction based on these individual scores? I mean, there, there's definitely um, a relationship in them, um, but how how do you at Workable go about measuring the overall customer experience? What are some of the strategies that you employ? Right, I see what you mean. Well, that would be a great question for my manager. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he would be very happy to reply. Um, in this case, though, I can definitely give you the perspective that I get from um, the support endpoints. So for us... Absolutely. The, and, and, you know, just so you, you know, I wouldn't discount that perspective. I mean, it's uh, it takes a special person to be in the trenches every day. So uh, we would love to get that perspective from someone who's answering the calls and, and, you know, getting that from the customer firsthand. So by all means, go ahead. Perfect. Thank you for that. Well, I just needed to clarify the beginning because I don't want to set, you know, um, expectations that uh, this, you know, would be from another uh, aspect mm-hmm. as well. But in any case, from what we've seen is um, the measure that you get from the service that uh, people reply from. So uh, usually when they chat with us or when they email us or when they um, you know engage in a phone call with us, they have the option to leave feedback and see if that was helpful or not. So in a very easy way, in a very simple way, they will be able to just uh, give you their feedback, including a comment or not, and that would rate um, the experience that they had either with a positive or uh, a negative aspect. Okay. It's the most uh, easy way that you can get because it's a thumbs up, thumbs down situation. And you can also see that in our help desk. So, for example, if you would visit uh, help.workable.com, below any article that you would get there, you will have the same uh, question. Was this article helpful? And you will be able to rate it as well with thumbs up and thumbs down, depending on your experience. Mm-hmm. So that would be the most straightforward way to just measure quickly if somebody used your resource or found your approach helpful or not. Okay. And and do you get a lot of feedback from your customers through this? Like, um, are, you, are you getting a lot of people coming in and either giving you a positive or negative feedback? Or do you see that as a small percentage of, of the total number of overall interactions? No, totally. We do have... Um, quite um, a wealth of feedback, I would say. And uh, most of the times people leave comments as well. So, for example, in comments where people did not find something quite useful or as useful as they would expect, then we would be able to see in their comments where we would need to just, you know, point our attention or engage the responsible team, for example, if it is a product feedback or an update that needs to be done. And of course, if we have uh, positive feedback, usually that comes into comments like um, the agent was helpful. Sometimes they call up, um, our team's names and you know they say, for example, Matt was helpful or Juan was helpful. And uh, these kind of comments really make our day as well because sometimes in the positive feedback as well, they give us reasons that you know, they pointed out in that feedback. And then we can always learn from that and then we can always have all our members implement the same procedure to get this more and more and more. So of course. either 
either if it's the positive or the negative one for us, the negative, of course, give us more things to work on, but the positive ones as well give us more things to just share and use all together. Yeah, definitely a good morale boost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's good to see those, and uh, it's good as well to see how we progress, you know, because uh, especially in the beginning when somebody uh, joins the team, they have a lot to learn, and uh, when they start replying on the live channels and engaging with customers, then they are more uh, able to track their progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and that brings up a, a good point. I mean, um, there's a lot we can mine from a customer's feedback, and and I think you know as the organizations start growing, it always becomes a challenge to kind of scale how many resources that you're going to put into that mining effort. But that notwithstanding, what um, are some of the things that you have learned or your team has learned um, that has helped? you guys improve in the recent years? What are, what are some of the improvements or achievements that you've um, had in customer experience or improving customer experience in the last little while? That's a great question. And uh, that would definitely be something different uh, for most of us because everybody has their own you know, points of improvement that they would like to work on. Mm-hmm. However, there is something that I have noticed recently a lot and that is something that helps other teams as well, and our general uh, cooperation between each other. So especially since that is um, software that we're talking about, of course, and it has lots of troubleshooting steps that need information from the other side, from the client. What we have found useful and what we have really improved on is to go escalating to our development so, for example, if something was sorry, not I was just uh, I lost you there. We're escalating to your development team. Is that what you mentioned there? Yes. Let me just okay. rephrase. So, uh, the key points that we're um, seeing quite some improvement there would be to gather all the information that our development team would need before even escalating to them. So that way, we have a sort case presents instead of just going back and forth to the client to add more information or you know right, ask right, more right. details even though that is something that comes in terms of a procedure of course when you are on the phone with somebody you might skip things out and so on however this is something that all our team members have really worked on hard and they can definitely say that now they have um engaged in a different way uh, with the customers as well and made this process easier for them. And of course, sped up the uh, resolution time because then we have a solid case to present our development team. So that is something that all our members have improved a lot and definitely changed the experience for the customers as well. That sounds great. And and I know, you know, escalations are, are a very tricky part for a support organization because it's it's one of those where you end up relinquishing some control over the outcome because there's a department you're now waiting on that isn't governed by the same KPIs that you are necessarily. Um, so, you know, in my experience too, there, there always has to be a, a big shift um, in perspectives before people can kind of get to the same page and, and work towards the same resolution, which is we need to get an answer to the customer. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that that's a step in the right direction for you guys as you start, um, you know, streamlining that process. Um, 
one one other question I had for you was, um, you know, as as we're talking about technology in the in the customer support and experience world, um, have you had any exposure to AI or AI enabled tools? Um, how do you see that playing out in the longer terms? Any any opinions on that? Right, I see what you mean. Uh, well, Workable uses AI, and we do use machine learning as well, especially when we run uh, campaigns, targeted campaigns for okay. our, you know, uh, clients for certain job posts. So that is something that we already implement and we already see uh, results from. Uh, from the support team, though, and from anybody who is actually trying to troubleshoot that, this is not something that we mostly engage with as people in support because that is mostly automated procedures and this is mostly set up and, you know, intended and thankfully works as expected. Right. Uh, so that is not something that we actively from the support team engage with. But I'm definitely open to looking into this further, do some reading or, you know, watch some webinars and start getting more used to what, you know, the next few years will bring as well. Okay. Well, sounds good. Um, what and you you seem to have a lot of experience under your belt already, Theo. Um, I'm curious as to who some of the people are within the support um, operations or or even through your career um, who have helped coach you um, to get to to this point. Um, some mentors, perhaps. Well, definitely. And without mentors, nobody can move forward. That's the first thing that I'm going to say. Right. Um, because especially when you change companies or when you change products, most likely each mentor will give you a different perspective on, you know, the similar foundation that we discussed before. However, in this case, I can definitely name uh, my managers from the previous uh, positions as well, especially from teleperformance, because that was my first touch with support. And that was uh, my first as well big engagement with customers based on the amount of calls that we're getting or chats or emails. However, I can definitely uh, give lots of credit to my management and my leadership in Workable because they got me into the applicant tracking systems world and they actually got me into the uh, B2B support. And that is something that I would not be able to even in engage with without having the proper guidance so mm -hmm. getting into the support team of workable would definitely not give me enough uh exposure to that if it wasn't for the managers and for you know the leadership that gave me the right tools to do what i knew that i could do you know without tools that's fantastic um so final thing um what is the one thing you want to leave our audience with um, as a tidbit as we wrap up our conversation here? Well, um, that's, that's a very, very good question. And it has lots of answers that can be deemed right. Uh, but I would definitely say that don't be afraid to engage. That is the first thing. Don't be afraid to engage with anybody within the organization, well, that would be um, the you SVP, know, the VPs, uh, the colleagues, colleagues from another departments, anybody within the organization. Because if you are in a support team, you will definitely engage with the customers. So we know that. We leave that aside. But sometimes because people are speaking with customers all day, mm -hmm. then they would 
you know, neglect, if I may say so, relationship within the company. And it's really important to learn from people within the company, not only because some might have already done your job, but also because you learn perspectives and you see the same product or the same support item or anything that you are actually working on from a different person's perspective. So, for example, in our, in our um, case, in Workable especially, being able to engage with people from products, from marketing, from sales, from anywhere else gives you a fresh set of eyes to see the same thing as your customer would see it as well and not only engage from the support angle with it. So learning from your colleagues, learning from your peers is the best thing that you can do to yourself. And that's that's great advice. I think a lot of organizations are, are trying to um, be more customer centric in the sense that they want all of their departments, um, regardless of whether they're directly in customer support or not, to contribute directly to the customer experience. Like you said, it's a brand um, and the brand goes past the product. It goes into how the company interacts with their customers. So I think that's that's excellent advice. Um, and with that, Theo, um, I want to thank you for your time today. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and for some of the great uh, tips and, and ideas you brought to the table. Um, and I'm sure our audience will get uh, a great deal of value out of this. So thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great experience and it was really lovely speaking with you, Sid. Thank you so much. Right, perfect. Thanks for listening to Support Up Simplified with Sid Bambani of Sumati. Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.